Hi, I'm Jacqueline Shepherd, and you're listening to Taking the Leap. LEAP is an acronym for Listen, Equip, Action and Patience and the conversations on the podcast are based around this concept with people who themselves have taken the leap. The guest in this instalment is Dr. Hannah Campling. Nine years ago, Hannah was a stay-at-home mum to two very young children. Without A-levels or any higher education and no family connection to medicine, being a medical doctor had never presented itself as a career prospect. Listen as Hannah reveals how, despite being told it's not possible, she equipped herself to take the leap and change her and her family's lives. Hannah's story proves that your calling can present itself to you in any place at any time. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Jackie. Or I should say, Dr. Campling. <laughs> Hi, I'm a little bit overwhelmed by that introduction, so it's very nice. <laughs> oh, bless you. Well, no, don't be, because as I said, you know, you are a real inspiration. And I think I don't want to keep what you've done to myself. I think we need to put it out there to the world. So welcome <laughs> along to Leap. You are a mum of two. Yep, that's um, right. Wife. Many other things, many other strings to your bow. And about 18 months ago, you qualified as a doctor. That's right, yes. Yeah. yeah. And I have to say congratulations to you because I remember maybe around about 10 years ago, I was kind of having a conversation and you were kind of entertaining the idea of, of medicine. And the fact that you are here now working as a doctor is amazing to me. But we're going to go back. Okay. And I want to just talk about you as a child, first of all. Gosh, wow, okay. I have to try and remember. I I always like to find out if there are any clues from childhood as to who you are as a a person now, particularly when it comes to career and and what your passion is. So what were you like as a child? What did you do for fun? Um, So I guess I... I really was into dance and drama, actually, so not really that linked to medicine. But when I was younger, I always wanted to do musical theatre. So I joined lots of theatre companies. Most of my evenings were spent doing various different types of dance lessons. I had singing lessons, I had piano lessons. So really creative and and musical stuff. That's what I really enjoyed doing in my spare time. But actually, it's interesting saying if anything linked to your career, because I suddenly remember today, actually, that I used to be in this club at school that everyone nicknamed the Boffin Club. (laughs) And um, it was like it was a science club, basically, that we did in school and after school. And then we uh, there was a, a creative project to do with it. So I guess it appealed to my creative side as well. And um, but I really loved the science. We did lots of experiments. and Then we put on this big science show. And there were a few of us from each year in this club and we had mugs made saying Boffin Club on them. Um, I'm not sure if it was a positive or a negative nickname, to be honest. But yeah, I was Positive, in- <laughs> take it as a positive. Yeah, I was just remembering that today. Isn't that funny though? Because, so for me, and I, I you know, people who will have listened to some of the previous instalments have heard me say time and again, as a child, I used to enjoy playing with Teletext and I used to use it as my auto cue. <laughs> but... 
it it didn't strike me until I was kind of thinking about you know where did this innate thing come from and so isn't it funny how when actually you think about it there were perhaps some clues there that you weren't necessarily aware of before it's just kind of giving it that thought you're not from London are you no I'm from um west the west country so Cheddar and Somerset yeah so when did you move to London uh, I moved to London on my 18th birthday. Oh, wow. I asked uh, my parents for my birthday. I said I didn't want any presents. I just wanted them to help me move to London. Mm. So packed up all my stuff in their car and they drove me up. And it wasn't soon after that point that I would have met you, right? Yeah, I probably within weeks, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. yeah. Wow, so you literally packed up and came to London. Yeah. So just to give context to our friendship then, so we met... Uh, when we were both doing face-to-face fundraising. We were those people, before they were called chuggers, I might add. Definitely, we were not chuggers. We were not. We were bona fide (laughs) charity fundraising, doing good for the world, weren't we? Absolutely. (laughs) So we met at that point. And for me, that was a really great time in life. I really enjoyed the people that I met. It was the people, really, that, that made me stay in that job for such a long time more so than what I was doing you know I knew that we were helping these causes in some way but we made some really great friendships and when I think about that time for you it was so significant because actually you know your boyfriend at the time became your now husband right that's right yeah yeah and you have a couple of children with said husband and so for me I think of that time as part of my life but I guess for you it was life-changing in some respects yeah I mean absolutely because the the idea of me moving to London when I was 18 was to do auditions Mm. and um make my break in musical theatre and I found the advert for the job in the stage because that's where they used to advertise for Mm. fundraisers because it's a good job for out-of-work actors yeah because you can go to auditions and things um so I really wasn't expecting to meet my husband there and to make so many good friends and yeah I just wasn't expecting the direction my life took really yeah so musical theatre and I do recall that that was your passion I you know when I think back to it now and yeah there were lots of creatives so that's part of the reason that I was there as well at some point then I moved on I moved into uh, recruitment and sort of started another phase of my of my life you and I stayed in contact because I remember when I was living in Islington uh, you came round for a cup of tea and we sat down and we were just talking about life now um, I don't think Christian was born yet no I think it was um, Maisie yeah, yeah yeah I don't think Christian was around getting all of your information out there your yeah. children <laughs> um, but I remember you kind of floating the idea of medicine Mm. and floating the idea of doing Open University. Where did that train of thought come from? Because you were all about creativity, and not that medicine isn't creative, but it's a whole different part of your brain. So it actually came from when I was pregnant with Maisie, um, because I became unwell in the second half of the pregnancy. I had something called preeclampsia, and I was quite sick, and I ended up being taken into hospital at around 36 weeks, and I had to be induced and then I got sicker and I ended up having an emergency C-section and she was born a bit early and obviously the whole thing was quite traumatic I was only 20 yeah I was only 20 at the time so Mm. I was very young Um, but I also found it incredibly interesting Mm. I couldn't get enough of reading up about all this medical stuff that was happening to me Mm. Um, and I was fascinated and I was just hungry for this 
this knowledge of what what had gone on um so i think that's initially where it started but definitely the idea of medicine still hadn't crossed my mind mm. at that point um and then when actually when Maisie was only a few months old I applied to do nursing mm -hmm. and I got a place doing a nursing degree at Middlesex University mm -hmm. but I wasn't ready to leave her with someone else and the hours were very long yeah and so a few months beforehand I actually turned the place down and decided no I you know I, I need to stay at home and be with her so let's talk about L then, the L of the acronym, which is LISTEN. It was on your radar now, the fact that you had this interest in all things medicine, but you hadn't necessarily entertained the idea as a career. So what were some of the conversations that you were having? Who were some of the people that you were listening to when you started to think, actually, I want to change things because for me I remember you just wanted to be an opportunity in a, in a position where you know you were contributing to the income of your family you wanted to change things up when did you start to have prolonged thoughts of I'm gonna do this so I think I remember two distinct conversations with a couple of my friends so one was with another mum who I'd met through a baby group um, Rebecca is her name and she's a very confident woman, um, you know, real go-getter. She was, she's not working now and she wasn't working at the time, but she does lots and she's so well uh, read and very clever. And we were just having a chat and I was saying I was sad that I'd not taken up the nursing place and, mm. and that I wanted to do something. And she was saying, well, why have you not thought about medicine? And I kind of laughed it off and just thought, that's ridiculous for a start I don't have any A-levels so I still mm. don't have any A-levels and no one in my family's been to university there's no doctors in my family it just seemed like a bizarre idea but she planted that kind of thought in my mm. head so I started reading up on it a little bit and then I had a chat with another one of my friends Bernadette and um who also went to drama school with me and she's now doing acting and various things and I said what my other friend had said and she was like yeah of course you can why not and I was saying well the kids and everything and she was like that doesn't matter and she just I don't know both of the, those people together really made me think you know I can do something and then um I met I bumped into a friend from school in Somerset mm -hmm. who happened to have moved round the corner from me here who I'd not we'd not seen each other since we were 12 13 mm. and I was pushing um I can't remember actually if it was Maisie or Christian so I can't remember what time but I was pushing a buggy along and she was on her way to our local GP surgery and I recognized this woman so I stopped her and I was like, I really recognize you and then it clicked she was mm. my friend Jasmine from school oh wow and she said sorry I'm in a rush I um I'm a medical student and I've got to get to my placement at the GP practice so we quickly swapped numbers mm. And then we got back in touch and became really good friends again. And so she really helped talk to me about the process of applying for medical school and what I would need to do. Mm. And so that's when it started to become serious. It's like, okay, maybe I should look into this and is that's, it something I can do? That is amazing. The fact that it hadn't been something that you'd always wanted to do in that mm. respect. You know, maybe there you had dabbled with the science club and that yeah. sort of thing. Um, so, I mean, in terms of your brain and having the knowledge... I guess it was the point at which you you were in hospital that you kind of it triggered something in in your in your head that made you think actually I 
I can digest this information yeah. because the idea of digesting all of the information that you have to as a doctor for me just turns me off I just I just don't think I'm capable of that I just think that's fantastic I think I just I just find it so fascinating Mm. and I still find it fascinating and I think I'll continue to find it fascinating and there's just so much you can learn about the human body is just amazing and there's new stuff coming out all the time and there always will be and Mm. the way we think about things and medicine will continually change and Mm. it's an exciting world to be in I love that you've Found it fascinating, but, you know, you took it to the next level and you went for it. So, fascinating. I find the body fascinating, but you are a doctor, so here we go. Okay, so um, so let's talk about equipping then, equipping mm. yourself. You had this conversation with Jasmine. Yeah. And she really gave you some of the information that you required. What were some of the first steps that you took then to equip yourself before you took action, so to speak? So first of all, I needed to know if it was possible and if it wasn't possible, what I needed to do to get there. I called around a lot of the medical schools in the UK, sent out quite a few emails and just explained my background. So I said, you know, I'm a mum, I don't have any A-levels, I, you know, my educational background stopped at GCSEs and then I've got a diploma in dance Mm. and what, what do I need to do? A lot of them didn't reply to start with. Um, the ones that did, um, half of them said I would need to go and get A-levels. So I'd need science A-levels, grade A, and probably maths as mm-hmm. well. And then a few of the other ones um, were a bit more open and said, you know, we do take graduates. So an option could be doing an alternative degree first mm-hmm. or looking into a different way of applying. So I started to find out, I thought A-levels, okay, fine, I'll, I'll do some science A-levels. But actually doing science A-levels as an adult is incredibly difficult because Mm. a lot of the courses are during the day and I had kids to look after and my husband was working and, Mm. you know, so I had to do something that I could do in the evening Mm. or do from home. And you can't do A-levels from home. There's no, no scope for that. So I was getting very frustrated, but then I um, thought about the Open University So I looked into the Open University and I have to say it's fantastic. Anyone Mm. who doesn't know about the Open University should and wants to do a degree or just study anything should look it up. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. You can pick and choose your modules. You can go at your own pace and they're so supportive. You can do it all from home and just go in for your exams. Or if you want to, you can go to weekly study groups or you can do it online so yeah, it's, it's incredible. Um, so I started my degree with Open University, mm-hmm. part-time, just doing it from home with the kids. Halfway through the degree, I had my son. Yeah, I remember studying and writing an essay whilst I was in hospital with oh, him. bless you. Wow. <laughs> and the midwives laughing. Um, and But I did it, and I enjoyed it, and I did well. How long did it take you to do? I think it was about four and a half years mm-hmm. or five years. Um, and then in, the, in that last year, I then started applying for medical schools okay wow yeah I mean already the patience is coming in (laughs) because to have the wherewithal to you you have a newborn child it's a young child and you're studying in the hospital hats off to you Hannah hats off to you um so talk me through action then you applied for medical school yeah how was that um, process the application process yeah so there were there are various things you have to do to apply to medical school which I didn't know so I was really lucky I had Jasmine as a friend 
also I just remember as well you were scoring really high weren't you on your on your degree yes you were I did really, well yeah. you were getting really good grades yeah and, I, and again I remember so, sorry conversations are just coming <laughs> back to me um so yeah clearly this is a challenging scenario um trying to do things all in your own time so I just love the fact that you were absorbing that information and you were just nailing it in terms of the grades as well so I just had to put that out there all right <laughs> carry on so uh, um, yeah yeah so I, I mean I was really lucky that I bumped into Jasmine because mm-hmm. actually I mean I'm sure you're aware but most doctors are daughters or sons of doctors mm-hmm. and if you know people in medicine it's much easier to get into medical school because these interviews are quite formulaic you have to do certain things you have to have work experience mm-hmm. and if you don't know anyone in medicine how do you get work experience the whole thing is is very difficult so mm-hmm. I was really grateful that I had Jasmine so I knew before I went if I even got an interview that I would have to have some experience so I applied to my family GP back in Somerset Mm -hmm. because in London it was too difficult they were so overrun with 18 year olds who wanted to do it and so luckily my um, my old GP from when I was a child said yeah great come along so I went there for three days Mm -hmm. and shadowed him um, and that was great and then I also um worked in a hospital pharmacy um for a few days and got some experience there and the other thing they look for is volunteering Mm -hmm. so I spent a year doing Sundays volunteering with a charity called Keen Mm -hmm. and they help children with mainly with autism but with other difficulties as well and you do like sporting activity with them to give their parents a bit of respite and to give them a fun activity so I did that as well and so that was kind of equipping me with all the things that I could talk about yeah. in my interview, should I get one. Um, and then different medical schools have different application processes. So there's different exams you have to sit. Right. So for the ones that I was applying to, I had to do this exam called the UK CAT, which it's an odd exam. There's like a picture section. It's all on a computer. You go to the center and there's like, you match up the pictures. There's a maths bit. There's an English comprehension bit. It's all quite an odd exam. Yeah. Um, (laughs) sound like a medical. No, no, it's weird. And then based on your score, it helps, you know, whether they're going to invite you for an interview or not. Okay. Um, Well, it it worked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I got invited to, two interviews at two different medical schools um lots of them were just no way not with your background it's too weird (laughs) um how did that make you feel I mean I think I was really disappointed Mm. I found it it really upsetting I guess that a lot of places were just so rigid and it just means that you're only ever going to get one type of doctor Mm. if your criteria is going to be so restricted yeah and it also made me really kind of wonder as well like can I actually do this Mm. because if if you know a lot of places are saying no is there a reason you Mm. know am I not clever enough Mm. to be a doctor Um, maybe not so yeah that was hard you pushed through and you but you got some yeses yes yeah I had an interview at Warwick and an interview at King's and I got an offer at both amazing just talk me through how you were balancing being a mum and being a a partner in all of this because that sounds like quite time consuming doing the shadowing and uh, getting the experience so 
how how were you able to balance all of that because it's not like you had family on your on your doorstep no um what was that like for you I mean it it was really hard I think when I started my open uni degree that was by that point Maisie was at um nursery so I worked while she was at nursery and Christian was a baby so he was sleeping during the day and Clint was out of work um and my husband is just been amazing Mm. I couldn't have done it without him because he then had the kids you know he'd been working all week and then he'd have them on a Sunday so I could go and volunteer Mm. he had them for a week so I could you know run down to Somerset and do this shadowing and then in the evenings you know I was studying a lot as well or Mm. or doing things so yeah I mean he was really great yeah so that support network very immediate support network yeah, but yeah. you know can't really have done it without him no, no. definitely not yeah no. oh well done Clint applause to you as well <laughs> um okay so we've talked about the fact that you you took action you applied for both Warwick and Kings and Kings yeah okay so so I went to Kings yeah yeah okay and it was yeah, it was great. I'm glad I chose Kings because it mm-hmm. meant we didn't have to move. Mm-hmm. Um, and by that point, the kids were at school. And so it was the right choice for yeah, us. Yeah. And so medical school is about five years, right? Five years. Five yeah. years. Again, this comes back to patience because from the outset, knowing that medical school itself is going to be five years, but already you're talking about another five or six years prior to that, gearing yeah. yourself up to that point that's amazing patience um I know that clearly there were you know a few things along the way that were challenging so for example just the medical landscape well no you don't have the right background uh, you don't have the right educational background or whatever how did you kind of rise up above some of those thoughts that may have sabotaged you yeah I think um there were a few things so definitely I remember on the first day of medical school and the first lot of lectures and I've never sat in a lecture before Mm. I didn't know what what this was or what you were meant to do and it was just a lecture about the very first medical school lecture was about the human body and and the bones that are in the body skeletal system and I came home and I felt so overwhelmed and then I really thought I had to rewrite the whole lecture because Mm. I thought that was the way to study because I was even though I'd done my open university degree it was a very different way of studying you don't go to a lecture you do it all from books and things online Mm. so just listening to a person talk at me for an hour and then thinking (laughs) what do I do with that yeah how do I I need to rewrite it all and (laughs) and you know my husband was there and he's like I don't think you need to rewrite it all and I've just felt really overwhelmed Mm. by that Um, But then I got talking to a few people at medical school and I was really pleasantly surprised to find there were a few other mums there, Mm. which was really nice. Um, I think King's actually is amazing for the fact that they accept a lot of graduates from various backgrounds um, and people from all walks of life. And I think that's something they should really be proud of as Mm. a medical school. Um, So, yeah, so talking to other people and realising that actually not everyone was finding this easy made it a bit better but there were definite times during medical school when I wanted to quit Mm. and I think the main time was when I was just starting fourth year and that was when all the junior doctor strikes were kicking off right yes and at that point I was just thinking what am I doing Mm. you know this is I've had to gamble so much to be here um my husband actually stopped his job when I started medical school because we couldn't afford childcare so Mm -hmm. he became a stay-at-home dad yeah 
and we relied on um, housing benefit to pay our rent, child tax credits. Mm-hmm. I got a student loan, um, but it was, you know, we he'd given up his career mm. for me to do this, and then all these strikes were kicking off, and it was looking like, gosh, everyone's all these doctors are really unhappy in mm. their work. What am I going into? Yeah, why would I sign up for that? Yeah. yeah, and I remember being really upset and calling my dad and saying, no, I don't know if I can do this. And he was like, come on, you've come so far. Mm. And and I think the fa- mainly the fact that I didn't want to let everyone down mm-hmm. was probably what kept me going. Yeah. Um, but, you know, within six months, I was back into it again. And yeah. Gosh, that's patience beyond. <laughs> so that was around 2016, was it? 2016, yeah, 2017. yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I remember all of those those doctor strikes and junior doctors, and and seeing just there was so much happening at that time. What would you say the landscape is like now then for junior doctors? It's hard. Uh, I definitely think, you know, I never worked under the old contract. Mm-hmm. I'm started when it was the new contract. And so I, I'm unable to compare it. Mm. But there are a lot of things that are really hard about being a junior doctor. Mm. Um, you know, it's not it's not a lie to say that there are many days when you don't have time to drink and you don't have time to pee, mm. and you're just running around like crazy. But I think that, I mean, I I do love my job, so I'm a bit biased. But I think most people are, I would hope, are quite happy mm. in their work. Mm. Otherwise, they wouldn't continue to do it so I think you have to love it and I think most people who who work in at the NHS love it um and that's why they're there let's just go back a moment then so obviously you qualified in 2017 yeah 2017 yeah what was that feeling like for you I just it was incredible I mean the day I I found out the results checked online at home got my results realized that I'd passed and um, I went round to a friend's house around the corner and just bounced on their trampoline because I knew they had a trampoline. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and there's so pictures of me on the trampoline. <laughs> and I just did that for about half an hour because it was such a release. It was like, this is amazing. And mm. then two friends who I'd got very close to through medical school, Catherine, who has two children, mm-hmm. and Alexis, who now has a child. And we arranged, and it was a beautiful, hot, sunny day. And we arranged to meet in in the woods and have a picnic with all the kids and it was just the best feeling I've n- I just can't remember ever feeling so relaxed mm. because once you start medical school you're in this constant like conveyor belt of exams and study mm. and you're always feeling guilty you know watch tv you feel guilty mm-hmm. play with the kids you're guilty don't play with the kids you're guilty and all of a sudden it's like wow yeah so that was great and then the actual graduation day was lovely because my parents came up from Somerset Mm. and they were so proud I yeah it was it was such a nice day to be with them and when they dropped you off in London all of those years ago yeah I mean I can't imagine that this was the thing that they expected down the line you know well proud parents and go 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 our girl go Hannah (laughs) but just don't think they could have anticipated the woman that you would become yeah, I, do, I don't think they ever ever thought that. And mm. it's, yeah, it was just, it was the best day. It was, yeah, it was really great. That's so beautiful. Tell me how life is as a doctor 18 months in. I mean, it's every day is different. It's incredible. It's exhausting. It's emotional. But it's so great. And I've just met some of the most amazing people in the last 18 months. 
um, from you know nurses, doctors, porters, healthcare assistants. They're they're all amazing, and it's it's really nice feeling I think mm. to work in the NHS. And I think I've been fortunate that I've worked in two really nice hospitals. So I was at the Whittington last year. And it's a dream for a brand new F1. Everyone's very friendly. It's very social. Mm-hmm. Friday night, you know, the consultants right down to the F1s all go to the pub together. That's really great. And it's really, really nice feeling. Mm-hmm. And they're very supportive because all of a sudden on that first day from being a medical student and going around and apologising to patients and saying, I'm, I'm really sorry, I'm a medical student. Do you <laughs> mind if I just listen to your heart? And then the next day, someone's saying, doctor, can you do this? And yeah. it's like, oh my goodness. They're talking to me. <laughs> yeah, it's a real, oh. you know, and there are, gosh, there are so many scary moments as a, as a junior doctor. I'm mm. sure there are when you're a consultant as well, but, you know, a, a lot of days I do get that imposter syndrome of, mm. you know, really, should I be here? Is it me they want? Yeah. I'm not sure I can, I can deal with this. Um, but you put in the graft, Dr. Campling. You put in the graft. How does it feel hearing yourself being called that? I don't know. It still just sounds weird, to be honest. And I always introduce myself. I know there are certain doctors who may be a bit more old school who will always use I'm doctor followed by their surname. Mm. Um, but I always just introduce myself as Hannah. So, I'm, you know, I'm yeah. Hannah. I'm one of your doctors. Yeah. Um so it feels weird still I think yeah. if someone calls me Dr Campling yeah oh, but I, I just think it's great what I'm getting everybody to do who appears on, on the cast is just kind of sum up their leap yeah so their L their E their A and their P okay if I was to say L listen and if you were to give advice to someone who your story will resonate with them but actually I think it's quite far reaching it's about just going for that that ambition that dream or or just changing things up so in terms of L what would you say what would your parting words be I think it's just to really listen to yourself and if there's something that you want to do and you're thinking in your situation there's no way that I can do this because of this this and this it's actually just listening to the thing that you want and trying to ignore those other things and and listening to that kind of goal or that dream and and finding other things to listen to that link with that and reinforce that so then by listening to what I thought I wanted to do then I started to listen more to my friends whereas Mm -hmm. if I'd been listening just to the barriers I probably wouldn't have picked up on what they'd said yeah those signs which were there exactly yeah Yeah. just I mean how poetic bumping into I know Jasmine when you did yeah, you I'm know, always so grateful that These things that are written. It didn't happen. You, you were supposed to bump into her when you did. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, how about E, equipping yourself? So I think just to not be deterred if at the beginning you can't get all the stuff you need. So I initially thought that I needed A-levels were the way forward, but then finding other routes or other ways so I think it's just about being flexible when you equip yourself so finding different routes that might not fit down that that line that everybody else goes down mm-hmm. um, I think that's the main main thing great taking action yeah so taking action um I recently read a I don't know if it was a, a blog or or something where it said 
when you to make action successful you have to do it within five so five is the important number so whether it's getting up in the morning and getting ready for work or going to the gym you have to give count to five and say right I'm going to do this so Ah. and then if you don't do it before you get to that five it's not going to happen so I think it's when you say you're going to take action doing it and yeah it might go wrong and disasters can happen but you've taken the action Mm. and you've 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 tried and you can just keep trying whereas if you never take the action you're not gonna you know you're not gonna get there and finally patience yeah I'm it's funny because I've obviously listening back to what we've been talking about have had quite a lot of patience but I don't really think of myself as a patient person (laughs) so that's interesting um but yeah I mean it has taken me a a long time and I think sometimes you just have to I think it's more about enjoying the journey than Mm. thinking of what you're getting to at the end yeah um and then perhaps it doesn't seem like you're having to be so patient because Mm. I was just I was enjoying studying and I was enjoying learning and you know I could guess I could say that now I have to be patient until I become a consultant but really it's just about in you know being a bit more present in the moment actually Mm. and enjoying Mm. what you're doing at that time Mm. and then if you're doing that it enables you to be patient I think yeah amazing well thank you thank you and do you feel like you've changed your life in your family's life yeah I mean yeah I think I do overall Mm -hmm. um it was you know it was amazing the first time I was able to afford to take us on a holiday Mm. it's a small thing but we'd never been on a family holiday that wasn't going to stay with my parents yeah and so being able to take my kids on an airplane for the first time I mean it wasn't very far but it was it was an incredible feeling mm. and it was yeah it was really nice so yeah. yeah it's made a difference yeah well salutes to you to your husband as well yes you know, oh gosh definitely team, he's amazing teamwork makes the dream work and your two kids I just think it's just fantastic what you've done and I really appreciate you allowing me to delve into your life and um I feel emotional, so I hope that it's having some sort of effect on others as well. But it's so inspiring, Hannah, so thank you so much and well done for taking the leap. Great, thanks.